Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I'll tell you, I am fired up today because how about them bears? Dan Weederer. Dan Weederer from the Chicago Tribune again. Bears beat report and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. This story by Dan Weederer, it's... Obviously very well reported. Covering the Bears for 670 the score and 2400 sports. I've said this before, playing quarterback in the NFL is a lot like marriage. It's not about being a hero all the time. It's about limiting your mistakes. And and if you do make a mistake, <laughs> make, sure, make sure it's not a catastrophic one. We'll mention this mainly because Chicago Tribune writer Dan Weaver said we would mention this nugget. We want it to be a fast Friday and a fast focus Friday. Dan Weaverer. His name is Dan Weaverer. Weaverer time. Weedsy with Danny and Speeds. Weederer time. Bears. The Take the North pod. Dan Weederer talks football with you. Huh. Dan Weederer is with us on the hotline presented by Circa Sports Illinois. Hello, Dan. Hi, guys. <sighs> Busy week. Busy names. We're waiting for the next piece of news. Do you have... Any gut feeling on a timeline for coordinator hirings for the Bears on either side of the ball? I honestly don't, Danny, and I'm starting to get, um, I don't want to say concerned, but curious about how wide the net is being cast because you have an opportunity here, obviously, to make a hire that's going to be incredibly significant at a time that is incredibly significant for your franchise, and you want to make sure you're being thorough and detailed. Uh, but I think you would also want to make sure you're being targeted and, and knowing what you want and, and, and going after what you want and trying to, to get yourself across the finish line um, as quickly as possible. I'm, I'm not saying to rush it, but uh, between all the, the organizations that have had coaching vacancies and others that just have offensive coordinator vacancies, this is a competition. Um, and so you have to be aware of those dynamics and try to try to find your way to the end of this Um fairly soon and, and and also make the right decision which is obviously the most important part of the equation yeah it's interesting dan like i i don't uh, peter king pushed back on this idea yesterday with us says it doesn't matter if you wait a month i was looking trying to figure out bobby slowick hired Feb- february 12th last year um now that was a team that hired a new coach obviously in D'Amico ryan's but that's yeah. a first year oc every, every team had their oc in place by at least february 20th i was able to find that so you know, if it's Feb 10 or Feb 15, it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? No, I, I, I'm less worried at the timeline as I am and just making sure. And like, look, like I don't have intel right now that tells me exactly what exactly they're targeting and what, you know, their priority A, B, C is. 
Um, but at some point you're going to have to hire someone and then you're going to have to sell that person, right? Like it's probably going to be more important than ever to have that introductory press conference, create a wave of energy that tells your audience and your fan base that we know exactly what we're doing because there's a little bit of, I don't know if you guys are aware, a little bit of skepticism on whether they know what they're doing in terms of setting up uh, a, a plan to develop a quarterback, no matter who it is. And so there's just a, a lot that goes with this, you know, and, and this is just such an involved off season for them that you have to make sure that you uh, minimize the missteps. And I'm so, yeah, so again, you know, the timeline doesn't, I mean, it bothers me personally because I got to stay tapped into it for another <laughs> three, four weeks, uh, joking, of course. But I think the bigger thing is just making sure that you know what you're after and then go after it and then try to finalize that deal uh, as best you can. How positive are you that there will be a press conference? <laughs> I, would, I would have said that there won't I would have said that there won't be. That would be stunning to me to make that decision. Um, it, it, I, but I look who we're talking about. So I, I don't know, but like, this is one of the most significant moves that you're going to make in the calendar year of 2024. If you're not um, able or willing to kind of, you know, look like coaches have odd schedules at this time of year and they have to bounce around, but if you're not willing to carve out a window to, to let the masses know exactly why you made the moves you made and um, to, to introduce this okay. person and their vision and their philosophy, I think it would be a, a misstep uh, of major proportions. It's a big, a big time. I, I think, I think you guys have been uh, on top of that and documenting that daily, how big of a time that, and landmark this could be. No question. For the organization. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, it's interesting. Like that would be another time that they would have to, you know, walk or dance the dance, I should say of, of not declaring what they're doing uh, on the quarterback front. And I guess that ties into this. If you are say, Shane Waldron or you're Clint Kubiak and you got a bunch of different people who want you and you're deciding to take the Bears job with a defensive head coach here and all of that. Do you want to know exactly what they're doing? Like, can you really take this job as an offensive coordinator and not know whether you're going to be working with a draft pick or with Justin Fields? Yeah, bingo speaks. And and just to go back one one question and I'll answer that one. But the reason I laughed at, at your question, Danny, is because I think it was 2015 when they hired John Fox and then ultimately hired Fangio and Adam Gase. And I don't think we talked to Adam Gase for the first time until mid-May. And it was like a stunning thing on the beat that like they had a new offense coordinator of new staff and 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 he was off limits until you know the second OTA or whatever it was. Um to your question, Speaks, I think you would 100% want some form of clarity. Now, is it going to have to be crystallized and 100% clarity on what they're thinking at the quarterback position, or do you just have to have kind of a, a feel for it and take that leap of faith that you will be involved in the process? Because I haven't talked to a single person in the league that wouldn't want some form of say in who it was you were coming in to oversee. You know what I mean? Like you're, you're putting your career in the hands of a lot of other people and you would like to have some sort of influence or at least uh, input uh, to, to setting yourself up to have success. I, I think we, we can all look back on the last two years and realize that the higher they made of Luke Getze was not a marriage with the quarterback that they inherited in Justin Fields. And they spent a lot of two years trying to navigate that and adjust on both sides with asking the quarterback to adjust, asking the coordinator to adjust. And when you're constantly making both sides of that uh, equation adjust, the results are what we just had and you're rebooting again. And so um, they have to be aware of that. One of the more 
bothersome nuggets that came out of the press conference a week and a half ago was when Ryan Poles was asked about how are you going to get the coaching staff right this time when 10 of Matt's originally staff are no longer part of the organization. And his answer was something to the effect of, well, it was kind of rushed. We were both getting our, our feet on the ground and, and trying to um, reach out to a lot of coaches in a lot of different directions. And, and, you know, it was really busy back then. Well, yeah, like that's, that's the business. And so you better be able to, um, make this next hire with with everybody in lockstep and that person that you are hiring having some feel for what they're actually getting into because again when, when you ask a coordinator to inherit a quarterback that doesn't quite mix up with what they're comfortable doing when both sides are uncomfortable there's a lot of discomfort and a lot of discomfort leads to a lot of weird feelings in this city when we've been talking about ocs dan weeder we've been talking about wanting somebody who has experience calling plays um, the idea of somebody who is has been the offensive coordinator under a defensive head coach before is intriguing um, because they can run the room and let Matt Eberflus do what he needs to do for the most part. We've ended up liking names like Shane Waldron, Clint Kubiak a little bit, and um, uh, it was a third. Oh, uh, Shane Waldron, Clint Kubiak. What was the other one that we talked about? Got you feeling good about Kingsbury? So or? yeah, Kingsbury. So so anyway, so those three names have been the ones that we've kind of sure. ended up focusing on the most. Do you have anybody that you like, and what other characteristics are there other than the ones we mentioned? I don't have a strong lean. Um, again, like I, I want this all to be synchronized with a vision of who's going to be playing quarterback for you. And then what, what, what will bring out the best in that quarterback? Like that's one of the things in NFL circles that just gets constantly um, missed and it's a hard riddle to solve, but it's so paramount to being successful as an organization is making sure that you have things in place to bring out the best in the quarterback that, that is playing for you. I, I go back to, to 2018 and I think about the internal celebration that was had at Hellas Hall when Matt Nagy was able to convince Vic Fangio to stick around to be his defensive coordinator. <laughs> and it, it's what you just talked about, Speaks. It's, it's the ability to, to be like, okay, like this dude's going to be able to go handle that. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't have to uh, spend any sleepless nights worrying that, that, that Vic's going to have total command of the defensive room, have total understanding of what he's trying to get done, total experience to propel things in that direction and so if if matt was able to find somebody like that that's a hard ask obviously to to run his offense that would be fantastic now again you are competing now against more than a dozen other teams to to land a coordinator for 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 your for your building and so um you got to be aware of that that you're, you're not all this isn't uh a draft this is a lot more like free agency where you're gonna have to be aggressive and calculated and um sell things to people so that they are convinced that that you have their career livelihood in in uh it's in their best interest to come join you few procedural things um so i think that kingsbury makes nine nine reported guys linked to Correct. the job have yeah. you talked to anyone around anyone who has interviewed to get any sort of logistical things like Who's leading the interview? Is it really Matt Eberflus's decision? Is it more Matt uh, Ryan Poles' decision? Like, have you been able to do any reporting on any of the nine interviews to reveal some of the procedural things that might be of interest? It's my understanding, Danny, that this will be um, a collaborative effort with Matt obviously having 
the opportunity to make the hire. But he and Ryan are together. Uh, they've been on the West Coast for, for most of the past you know, nine days or whatever it's been. Um, obviously out there with Kingsbury today, they went through Seattle with Waldron and Olson and, and they had Kubiak and we've talked about Zach Robinson. And, um, you know, I joked with David on the podcast this afternoon that maybe they're just going to take, you know, a week in each time zone and make their way back across the East. And they'll wind up with Daryl Bevel and Frank Smith in Miami in four <laughs> weeks. And we'll, we'll, we'll be canvassing it. Uh, I don't think that's the way it's going to go, but they, they've certainly spent a lot of time out West here recently. And um, you, you know, I, I get the sense to your first question that it will be Matt's decision, but that these two guys obviously are, are, are married together, um, you know, and, and Ryan put that vote of confidence in Matt by retaining him. And so they're going to work through all this together. It really bothered Olin Krutz that Chris Morgan uh, was retained because he says that the offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach is the most important marriage among a coaching staff. And even though he likes Morgan as an offensive line coach, he says that further complicates and muddies the water with your coordinator hire. Have you heard anything like that? Do yes. you agree? Yeah, he's correct on that, 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 that it, it, you used a good phrase there, muddies the water. It just makes it a little more complicated. There are going to be people that are resistant to not having full say of the staff that they are going to put be put together with because you have to this league and and a few weeks ago when I had that full piece with a, a lot of sourced info from around the league about the quarterback position one of the things that came up consistently was what came out of some of the dysfunction in Carolina this year with a, a, a staff that was kind of put together with a lot of people that hadn't previously worked with one another. And then when things get a little bit bumpy and you don't have that full command and trust within your, your room, people start looking over each other's shoulders. There's certain people talking to certain people in management, blaming certain things on certain people. And it gets to be really unhealthy and uncomfortable really quickly. And so, um, whoever is hired as coordinator is going to have to have a really strong feeling about, okay, Jim Dre and, and Chris Morgan are the, the staff members that I was told I'm inheriting. And I bet I better feel like I can have a strong working relationship with them in a way that puts our, our team in, in the best possible position to succeed. That may turn off a handful of candidates that say, look, like I, I want, I would like to do this with my guys. You know, I would like to do it with people I know and trust because you guys both know that the shelf life is very short here if you're not having success right away. And so you want to do that on your terms as much as is allowed. And so some people might say, thanks for the interview, but I've got opportunities at one of these other 13 organizations. And I, and I'm going to explore that further because I'd rather have full control of, of the entirety of my offensive staff. Last one from me on the coordinators. What do you hear from people around the league on Kingsbury? You know, I haven't dug that deep on it, so I wouldn't want to uh, okay. sit here and, and, and bluster on it. Like, I, I think that obviously the, for our purposes here, the Caleb Williams connection is significant, right? And, and you would be hopefully – more quickly crossing a bridge if you decide to draft Caleb Williams at number one to making him feel comfortable in your building and making him feel like he's alongside someone that's got his back, you know, because he's been through it and they've built that bond and that trust doesn't require months and in some cases more than a year to build to a point where it's um, strong and successful. And so, um, yeah, look, like I, I, I'm eager to know not only who they hire, but just kind of their processes of going through that. And to your, to your first question on how open they've been able to be about their their vision at the quarterback position, it's it, 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 as opportunity filled as this offseason is. It's got some complicated layers to it. And you don't always trust the Bears to not be clumsy through some of the, the complicated layers. And this is a time where they absolutely have to be graceful in dealing with all that.
Well, and it's, it's obviously an opportunity, one would assume, to ask Cliff Kingsbury as much about Caleb Williams as you like during that interview. A hundred percent. And and David and I talked about that, where you really have, uh, it's a no lose situation to sit down with him for a long period of time and, and fill up your notebook, you know, and then get in the car as soon as you leave whatever venue you've interviewed him at and, and just let it all out in the front seat, you know, whoever's driving, whoever's riding shotgun, let's talk about Mm -hmm. what we just learned in there. Let's crystallize this really quickly because this is not only an interview for an offensive coordinator position, this is incredibly valuable draft Intel. That's going to help us over the next 90 plus days to, to, to reach the best possible decision for our organization. And so to that end, like spend 10 hours with Cliff Kingsbury, if you want, because this is a a huge, huge part of the process. So switching gears here, uh, Ted Phillips had been the contract negotiator until Jerry Angelo got here and what 2002 and cliff stein took over and has been the contract guy for 22 years now he's gone um what do you make of that is it part of kevin warren's uh painstaking evaluation of all 211 employees um or or not from your perspective well in 2015 or 16 it was i think it was 2015 it was um ryan pace kind of moved cliff over into a role where he was not having a, a, an active role in contract negotiation. He had kind of slid over into a legal counsel role and Joey Lane came in and handled that for pretty much the entirety of Pace's time as general manager. And then Cliff slid back in when when Ryan Poles was hired and, and, and Ryan brought in Matt Feinstein, who he had familiarity and a relationship with. And those guys had been kind of working in concert um, on contract negotiation. I think that the, the, the one significant conclusion to Cliff's departure is this is a guy who was incredibly well respected inside the building, um, been there for an awfully long time and, and, and had a lot of um, allies inside the building. And it, it's just a, a, a signal of change inside that building, which we all knew was coming a year ago when Kevin was hired, that he was going to go through this thorough uh, with a detailed lens on every single department in the building. And I think you're, you know, you're going to look at the organizational chart. Uh, a year from now and compare it to when, um, you know, Kevin got here and go, whoa, you know, like th- th- that's a lot of change. It's a lot of turnover, but it in some ways should be healthy turnover. If you're identifying areas where you think you can be stronger, where you think you can bring in, um, you know, people that, that can push you toward the direction that you want to go in. And, and so like this will <laughs> Cliff Stein will not be uh, the last name on that list of people where you go, huh, that's a long time bears employee. That's no longer there. So, in a few minutes, we are going to talk to Randy Trivers, who is Caleb Williams' coach uh, in high school. Nice. What would you want to know? What are your Caleb Williams questions that cannot be answered by film? Well, yeah, look, and that, that like, you guys are on top of this really well in terms of how much needs to go into the DNA study and the, the wiring study. And so I'd, I'd want to know during their time together all the things that we talk about, a, a young man's ability to handle pressure, a young man's ability to handle criticism, a young man's ability to handle the criticism that comes after he's failed, you know, and, and, and you know, there's so, so many things to what Ryan Poles laid out a week and a half ago in terms of the, the person and, 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 and the person in this particular market, in this particular role of QB1 of the Chicago Bears that you have to be rock solid sure about. You guys are following some of the, mythology that mushrooms up on social media about who he is and who he isn't right like there's a lot of fact and fiction that needs to be filtered from one another if that makes sense there's a lot of things that that have taken on a life of their own on social media that you talk to people that know caleb williams and they're like well wait that that's not that's not an issue that's a fabrication that that has blossomed to life on social media 
what you know one of the questions that that i think that i hear consistently from execs in the league is does the does caleb's wire caleb williams's wiring allow him to pursue his goal of being the, the greatest quarterback to ever play in a way that is tunnel visioned and doesn't create distraction in terms of all the marketing opportunity that uh he may want or ultimately be you know magnetized to does he he have the ability to understand that for the first couple of years in the league succeeding as an nfl quarterback is really hard it's like skiing the you know super g slalom at the olympics and you can't afford to kind of look over your shoulder here or you're crashing through that orange fence and your skis are 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 pretzeled up so i i just want to know like is is it sincere and does he have the infrastructure around him to to allow him the luxury of just being micro focused on being the best quarterback he can be as a rookie, as a second year player in a way that does what you know, like Patrick Mahomes had a lot of success and then all that stuff came to his doorstep and he's able to cash in on all the marketing opportunities and everything else that's there for him, but it wasn't his sole focus in his, you know, it wasn't a focus at all for him in his first second and even well into his third year in the league. Dan Weeder of the take the North podcast, the trib and the score. Yeah. No time off, man. They've got, <laughs> they, got, they got coordinators to hire. We got oh, draft, it's, draft it's, debates to have. It's nuts. And, and, and tell Coach Travers that uh, he can expect a call from me in the, the coming months as well. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll do so. Thank you. That All right, is, fellas. Have a good one. All right. That's Dan Wiederer. You know, Caleb Williams' hunger for dollars and endorsements and everything, when you put it up against, you know, college existence, I mean, there's NIL money, but there's also the chase for all of this stuff. All of a sudden, you get to the pros. I, I wonder if you would shut things down a, a little bit at that point. I have no idea. I don't think this guy will be able to answer that. No. But but it's just interesting to think about in terms of the hunger and the, the thirst for that amidst football life. Yeah, we'll do a ton of stuff on the playoff games this weekend in the 5 o'clock hour. But uh, Shane's talked to this guy on the phone. He says he's a very compelling listen. Uh, he's in touch with Caleb Williams, and he coached him in high school to a state championship. And we're going to just do our first of hopefully many deep dives into who uh, many are expecting to be the Bears' next quarterback. Caleb's high school coach, Randy Trivers, next on The Score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. Are you kidding me? Tune in to Twitch. Afternoons on The Score. Welcome, everybody, to a chilly but very, very pleasant evening. Catholic University, on behalf of First Amendment Sports, I'm Ken Marangolo. He's Tim Stragan. Man, we're here for the championship, the big one, and we're really looking forward to a great game today. Caleb Williams, who had a heck of a game, is one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Randy Triver's second appearance last year. They, they played and lost to St. John's. This is his next chance at it. Here it is. Four seconds to go. Now, Caleb Williams has got the oh, arm. He does. Hey, at Catholic University, the Washington Catholic League, and here comes the Hail Mary. Here goes Caleb. Ball's in the air, and it is going to get there. And if somebody caught that, did somebody, somebody catch that? Gonzaga, did they Are catch that? Touchdown, Gonzaga! The Eagles win the WCC on the last second on a touchdown pass. I cannot believe it. That is the greatest high football game. This Caleb Williams, not only did he stand in, uh, not only did he take the ball and run uh, on multiple times, but Caleb Williams <laughs> delivered. Yes, he did. He just I, straight up delivered. That, that's going to be my vote. We were lucky enough to be calling the greatest high school football game that I've ever seen. That's not a bad way to get your first state championship on a uh, Hail Mary at the end of the game by a guy who is considered a generational quarterback prospect. 
We are thrilled to be joined by Randy Trivers, the head coach at Gonzaga High School in D.C., coached Caleb Williams in high school. Coach Trivers, thank you so much for the time. You're on the score in Chicago. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, and I appreciate you guys at the score having, having me on. So uh, I'm excited to be here. What memories does that highlight bring back for you? Oh, it it, uh, it never gets old, you know. In terms of like the 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 moment, thinking thinking back to that that time and um and and just the uniqueness and the absolute uh, uh, mixture of emotions at that time. She talked about uh, uh, in a in a very brief amount of time. There's a lot of back and forth in that game, like a very very much a roller coaster, um, and you know, just thinking about that that um, that moment, with that ball going up in the air and then coming down, the referee's hands going up. It was a um, a heck of a, a heck of a moment for sure. What was your opinion of Caleb Williams as a quarterback coming to your program and then when he left, Coach? Well, I mean, Caleb was was um, ultra talented as a as a young. Um, a young youth league player and seeing him as a prospect, you just knew uh, this guy had uh, velocity and accuracy and, you know, great feet and athleticism beyond his, his, his years. But you, you don't know for sure how he's going to respond um, in competitive situations, um, you know, at, at, uh, at that next level. And, um, you know, and that's where, he he really really excelled you know and in, in, in the moments of of uh the, the moments of truth as they say you know so he's um you know he's, a lot of times you have guys with with talent and physical skills but they just may lack that that it factor or you know that that um you know that that uh whatever you have in your heart um, and or, and above the neck that that make it so that when it is uh that moment of truth um, you can be triumphant, and he he was he was uh, he was able to you know show that um, time and time again as a player in our in our program. Is there a story or anecdote like that you would tell? Like you know, this is this is Caleb Williams. This, this explains that it factor that you're talking about. Wow, I mean, he he. Um, I just say you know, Caleb was like whatever it takes. You know, so like. In that 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 particular, there was a two week run in that season, where the semifinals, you know, Caleb carries the ball, I think it was twenty twenty seven times, uh, like a tailback, and we threw it fourteen times. I think he was like ten of fourteen, and uh, and then he ran the ball twenty seven times for, you know, uh, you know, nearly two hundred yards. He had a heck of a day running the ball. Then the next week, I think we threw it forty sometimes. And uh, he still ran the ball well, but we threw it 40 sometimes. It was, it was sort of whatever it takes. But if you think about, like, that that night, and, um, you know, we, we don't win the game uh, the way and the fashion we, we win it if if this guy ever, you know, wavered in any way, shape, or form. So he's got this, like, unflappable belief in himself, uh and a, and a competitive drive, but really a, 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 a faith and belief. So during, uh, I think we were down, 
Um, so the, the, the go-ahead score that we had when we scored with 30 seconds left. Um, on that drive, um, it, was, it was a third and 33. And, uh, and on third and th- the, the play before that, he was sacked. And, and I think he, he actually had a, a minor foot, foot or ankle fracture on that. So he gets up limping. And um, <clears throat> like had we had to play another week, I don't know that he would have been able to play, to be honest with you. He gives up limping and he comes back. It's third and third um, in the next place, third and 33. And he throws a strike uh, down the sideline, 37 yards. And, um, and then the next, next play, we, um, we score what, what is apparently a touchdown. And, and then the, the, the officials say it's out of bounds. So, like, all these things, like, where you could, like, it could get into a guy's head. So, the third and 33, after being sacked, it's like you, you could easily just say, hell, we fought so hard. I fought long. My ankle's jacked up. Third and 33, there's no chance. Let me just, you know, finish it out. But he, he really believes. And, um, and then so, and then, like I said, the next play, we score on a fade ball in the end zone and um and they rule it out of bounds which you know when you do the replay and over over again you can see that oh my god pretty pretty bad call <laughs> then the 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 you know so he but he keeps his composure the next play um same play but he goes he doesn't go to that particular uh receiver he goes to another one on an inside slant ball we 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 we, we catch it and we go up for the first time in the game we at some points in the game been down by as many as three touchdowns and we, we finally up with, with, I think, um, I think it was either 31, 27 seconds, somewhere in that, that, then we kick it off to them. There was actually a cel- excessive celebration penalty. So we had to kick off from, from uh, a little bit further back than we normally do. And we, we, we kick a, a, a squibbler. Hopefully the ball will get funny. They have a really good return unit and the guy takes it to the house. Um, and, and so we've got 10 seconds with no, um, well, it's actually 20 seconds. Yeah, it was um, at three touchdowns in the last 30 seconds of what many people call the greatest high school game ever played between Gonzaga and DeMatha. Uh, unbelievable stuff. I, I, I wanted to ask you, Coach, it's Randy Trivers, the, the coach of Caleb Williams in high school at Gonzaga High School. Uh, you know, we're trying to figure out where the focus is for Caleb on football because he's got – lot of money that he makes through nil he's got a lot of endorsements that he deals with and everything but even as a high schooler he was on recruiting boards in what eighth grade ninth grade like there was interest and there was stuff going on for caleb how was his focus and his work level in terms of breaking down film doing the stuff that quarterbacks need to do coach yeah caleb you know so there, there are players that love or excuse me um well, I'll say this. There, there are players that get excited and love Friday nights at your high school or Saturday afternoons in college, Sundays in the NFL. And then and they tolerate the, the, the work, the preparation to get to those moments. But I think Caleb is one that, that really uh, embraces everything that it is to be a football player leading to those moments. You know, so his, his preparation was always really, really strong. Uh, relative to, to what we needed to do, uh, game plan, things of that nature. So he's a he he um, has a thirst not only for competing at the moment, but also the way that he he worked and and prepared. So 
I think that that certainly was a um, was evident in in what he did, and 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 that his love of the game. So don't ever um, get 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 it twisted. Like you know, this guy is um, he is foremost a a uh, competitor that truly loves uh, loves football. So um, you know, what, what, whatever the perception or, or or what somebody may may have, or you may, I mean, this guy is a uh, is a football junkie. You know, the way that he takes care of his body, the way that he um, hones and sharpens his mind for the game, and then um, and then the way he competes. How in touch with Caleb are you? Uh, we we're we're in touch, but you know we're talking about a, a, a bona fide celebrity man, and then you're talking about a a, a guy like myself, it's fair, fair, fairly busy. So we we you know living on opposite ends of the country, we don't see each other uh, nearly as often. So the last time we spent quality time together was last spring, when he came um, uh, uh, back to D.C. for a few days and. Um, and we spent some good, uh, some good time together. And then, you know, usually during the course of the season, we'll, we'll text, um, you know, so maybe before or after games, there's a couple, a uh, couple words to each other. Uh, but yeah, we're, 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 um, we're in touch. Uh, but, but uh, certainly the distance keeps us from, and our schedules keep us a little bit uh uh, a little bit apart from the frequency. Of course. So you said, you know, like the perception that's out there, uh, there's a lot of perception that's out there, you know, because of his success, his money, the stuff that's been said about him, uh, all sorts of things. Can I run some of the things that we hear by you and just get your reaction? Because we know that you love him and you were his high school coach, but we would just like to re because we're trying to think, basically do what Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager, is going to do and try to you know poke holes in this thing and and dig deep. So can I re can I run some of these by you, Coach? Sure. Okay. He's not cut out for losing because when he loses, he goes into the stands and cries to his mom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would, I would, I'd say this. Um, uh, to me, if if uh, if I had a player that I'm coaching or a player that I'm playing with him, I'm a player, and he cares so much about winning, uh, winning and losing, that uh, after the competition, he were to get emotional in that way, um, I'd be damn happy to be playing with a player uh, that cares that much. You know, so what I'd be concerned about if I was the owner or the GM or, or another coach or another player would be if we're in the middle of if it's third and thirty three and he starts crying. <laughs> that's what I'd be that's what I'd be concerned about. Uh then that's not my guy. But my guy is the guy that is uh is unflappable third and thirty three and then when the when the game's over, um uh we're we're all crying tears of joy. So that that's that's what I that's that's what I'd say about that. The, his dad is uh, a hovering sports parent who gives quotes to GQ, and that could be an issue uh, going forward. His dad, his dad loves him. Um, you know, I think, and uh, you know, he's a he's a. As far as I know, Carl Williams is a is a, is a good man and has always done the very best that he can um, to support um, his son under all, all circumstances and. Um, you know, so that, that's what that's what I'd I'd say uh, about his his father. Um, 
and and his mom. Uh, the there's stories out there that people seem to have an issue with about his toughness that he paints his nails. Um, is this something that you're aware of and that you'd care to comment on? <laughs> so, I mean, just anybody that's ever played with Caleb Williams or coached Caleb Williams, uh, you, you know very clearly that t- toughness is is uh, <laughs> is not an issue. Um, and then what people perceive as 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 tough, it's it's um, it's not what you're, you know, sort of wearing on your, your sleeve, it's what's inside of you. So, um, you know, we have, uh, uh, you know, different things. So, so, you know, back in, you know, several years ago, it was, it was earrings, you know, so uh, there was a time when if a guy wore an earring, there, there was a guy, I think you guys are familiar with it. Uh, pretty decent athlete, uh, you know, played a lot of ball in Chicago that wore uh, an earring or two in his time. Um <laughs> He, he was fairly tough, I think, but, you know, I'm sure there were people that um, uh, when these earrings come on the scene, oh, gosh, how, how could he really be the guy that could lead the Chicago Bulls of championships? He's wearing earrings. Yeah, you're Man. right. Of course, Dennis Rodman wore rings on all sorts of stuff, but we, we, got, we got your point. We, we got your point, Coach, for sure. Um, how about this one? Uh, teammates um, didn't believe in him or follow him as a leader. There's this moment where USC, a USC player says, today we're a team when they won a game without him in the bowl. Did you see teammates believe in Caleb or not? I, I, I've never seen anything but his teammates love and support him uh, in my time uh, with, with him at Gonzaga. And then what, what I observed at, at Oklahoma and, and, and what I observed then at USC uh, that, that uh, you know, beloved uh, uh, by his teammates and guys that really uh, he was fighting for and guys were fighting for him. So I think that, um, you know, I don't think that necessarily says that he uh, just because hey they they won and had a, a had a, a great moment that that was uh, a, a slam on him or a knock on him in any way. Yeah, you know he's the the film coach is honestly some of the best stuff I've ever seen. Like people make the Mahomes comp, um, it it seems to be truly special. People are calling him generational. What would you tell Ryan Poles or in this case a Chicago audience about? the football player and the potential of what he can be at the next level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, he's, he's rare in that sometimes you, you see a, a great athlete do something and you say, boy, was that, wow, was that, was that, was that lucky? Um, and then, but when you're around him enough and you see certain things that are, you like have these wow moments, like almost once a, once a week, uh, where there's some crazy thing that he, he makes a crazy throw in practice, makes a crazy run in a game, you know, does something that's like, wow. And then really it's, it's the, it's the, it's the, the way he impacts uh, everybody. So I always say, you know, he's got a, he's got a tremendous um, poise uh, uh, to him under pressure and, and, and a real belief, like he really wants the ball. Um, and there's a lot of great athletes that don't really want, want the ball or they don't want the ball thrown at them or to them um, in that last, you know, moment. It's easy to, you know, uh, do it when you're, you're up on the score or, uh, but, but he really wants that, that moment. And then he, and, and that belief 
inspires others and others see that and they feel that and they know that. And in the game of football, it's uh, this is not an individual game. And I think he really, really uh, uplifts the, um, you know, the, 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 the really the, the mental belief, because really um, when we're talking about a, a game that requires such physical gifts and in, in the NFL, you're, you're talking about a very fine line between, you know, talent of the, the, the top team and the bottom team. Yep. So there's something, there's something that that's got to uh, separate you and then separate your, your, your franchise and your, and that guy is, uh, he's, 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 he's different. Is there anything he's not good at coach that you think he's got to work on? Yeah. I mean, he could be a, he could be a, maybe a little better singer. I've heard him sing, um, <laughs> you know, maybe a little bit of better dancer, you know, so he, 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 he could, he could do, he could work on his dance steps. Maybe his, his singing voice a little bit. I'd, I'd say that. All right. Well, uh, how how about good. the cold? The cold. Is he all right in the cold? Is oh yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah cold. Chicago it gets cold here sometimes coach. Cold in Maryland. Hey man, Chicago's different cold now. I, I know that, man, that, that, that's a different cold. I, I would say that, Again, this guy is so competitive, and 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 really, uh, I think uh, his toughness meter is is high, um, and I and I think yeah he 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 would uh, adapt to those circumstances whether we're talking about high heat, uh, cold, uh, wind, rain. I would not bet against this dude. To to uh, uh, he is he is he is not soft. Uh, and and he uh, this this uh, this animal can adapt. I would I would say that. Yes. Uh, he followed Lincoln Riley, right? He goes to Lincoln Riley with Oklahoma, then to USC. The Bears are interviewing Cliff Kingsbury. Can you speak to the idea of like the best system to get the most out of Caleb Williams? I mean, I, I think Caleb likes to be challenged. Um, you know, so when you, when you have an athlete of that caliber, you know, you want to you want to have a, a, a system and people around him that continually um, ch- ch- challenge uh, him. Uh, uh, and, and, you know, so his um, there's an element of creativity to him. Um, and it's almost like you, you, you see these people that have like the, uh, the genius gene, like so great musician, um, uh, um, a great, uh, uh, artist. You told um, us he can't it, sing, though, Coach. Pick a lane here. Pick no, a lane. That, yep, that singing is not his thing. Okay, all right? but 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 um, he sings with you know on that football field, you know. So, but I say you know he's got like this, um, you know, you 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 want to always um, um, provide uh, something where there's there's um, you know you you can't box that type of type of uh, genius in you know it's got to there's got to be some something that um um sparks the creativity the the curiosity part of that to for him to you know uh uh really sort of uh fulfill this unlimited potential that he's got hmm. and so you know i would just think you know offensively you know you you, you want to have um someone that uh or people that are around him that uh, have great creativity that can continue to challenge him in ways, which I think, um, you know, Coach Riley was was great for him, you know, because because of that. You know, this guy, um, um, you know, Coach Riley speaks for self as success he's had, but I think um, that that's important as far as the, his next step. Do you think he'll measure in over six feet at the combine? <laughs> <laughs> 
I do. Okay. But you know what? It it it, it don't matter. <laughs> you know, you you like like to 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 that guy. I don't care if, if you measure him at six five. You measure him at five five. That 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 dude is 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 as uh, he cannot be denied. Um, I, I cannot be denied. Thank you, thank you, Coach. This animal can adapt, and he cannot be denied. We'll take those. Randy sir. Drivers, head coach at Gonzaga. Thank you, sir. This was really enlightening. We appreciate the time. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you. All the best. Thank you, thank you, Coach. I think I think he likes him. I'm just gonna go. <laughs> I agree. Okay. I like him, too. It's Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. I don't know what's going on with any of it. Afternoons on the score. We knew he was going to like him. He loved him. Texters saying, I would draft Caleb Williams now. Different texter. I wouldn't draft Caleb Williams after that segment. Well, I guess we didn't solve the issue. Oh, no. Shocking. But, hey, man, we're just going to get perspective, and we're going to do it a bunch of different times between now and the draft. It's a fact-finding mission. Uh, a little bit like what we assume Ryan Poles will be doing. That's our task as well. That's what we're going to try to do to uh, vet this thing as best as we possibly can without having the investigative resources of an NFL team. We'll go around and talk about the divisional weekend. More reaction to that interview as well. Parkinson Spiegel on a Friday on the screen. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.